Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome along to the Short Ball uh, for this week. It's the first week of April here in New Zealand. Don't know about anywhere else. April Fool's Day, first of all. Ali Williams, Mills Molina. What a crock of shit. Jeez, there were some terrible gags yesterday. Did you I fall for any of them? didn't see anything. No, it was quite quiet. What a day it is today, though, mate. Why? My daughter's sixth birthday today. Ah, Little yes. champion. <laughs> Little Jess. She's six now. She's charging, Fan- mate. She's fantastic. taking on the world. Is she, uh, is she a regular listener of this podcast? She is, actually. Yeah, she good. tunes in. No, that's good. Happy birthday, Only when Dad's on the show, though. He's bloody always missing the bars. <laughs> so she tunes in uh, once a month. That's great. He, he, he turns up with a present today. Hey? What? What have you got, Jess? I got her a uh, little notebook and um, you got her a notebook? And some pens. And then, surprise for tonight, I got a fishing rod, pink fishing rod. We're going to go fishing. Do the fishing thing. That's a good idea. It's getting into the fishing area. Fishing's like good, it. mate. They learn yeah. patience, discipline. They smell like fish. So <laughs> men won't be attracted to them, you know. It's, it's a good little tactic, really, I reckon. Six. You know, just Why the pink fishing rod? Are you gender stereotyping? No, it just looked cool. Yeah, well, there is that. Yeah. Anyway, what about the rugby? <clears throat> yeah, clear my throat after that. Uh, what about the rugby? Should we get into it? Uh, well, let's start. We'll start with the Blues, shall we? Yeah, we'll start with Friday night's game. Do you want to start with Friday night's game? Yeah, no, no, he's right. not excited it's anymore. Right. He's <laughs> won two games and he just thinks it's normal. Can, I just, can, can, I, can I just oh, say, okay, no, is it, I'm going to give you some credit here. I'm going to pay you juice. Uh, I saw a little video clip of you before the game at uh, the Cake Tin where you were asked for your prediction of the score and you said Crusaders 13 plus. Yeah, and I said put your house on it. You did say put the house on it. Why Why were you so confident about that Crusaders result? I just think the forwards are too physically dominant. I think they can they can generate enough ball, whether mm. it's 50 to 60 to 70% of the ball, they're guaranteed that portion. And then from that, I think the Crusaders are clinical enough to um, to score enough points off that. So, so to me, it was all based around the forwards, type five, really. They, I mean, they were That's good. That's my prediction. That was my prediction. That was your prediction. 32-8, yeah. the final score. It just seemed to me, Millsy, the Hurricanes just, A, didn't know how to fire a shot, and B, didn't. And it was weird, too, because that whole week, everyone was talking about how good the Crusade, uh, the, the Hurricanes had trained. They looked really well-oiled, and and given the Crusaders had sort of come off a loss, a surprising loss to the mm. Waratahs, they were thinking this could be the chance for the Hurricanes to actually... Keep going, right? But 
Mate, they... Oh, yeah. Crusaders. They lacked attacking options. Well, they did. You know, like, they didn't get a platform from the set piece. Um, the scrum wasn't too bad, but it wasn't as, you know, sort of where it needed to be. They couldn't mm. manipulate it. And then the line-out was, you know, that was fiercely contested. So they didn't actually get ball to launch from. Does that really affect the Hurricanes all the time? Not really. I don't think they're more broken no, play got, team. Yeah. But what happened there was the, the defensive line from the Crusaders was so fast. It was just coming up so fast and it mm. shut down their space out wide. So they couldn't actually create space out wide, the Hurricanes, to then start manipulating that open field or broken field type play. So mm. um, they're pretty clinical like that, the Crusaders, in terms of what ball they give teams. So they'll know a team and what its strengths are and they won't give them that ball, that type of ball, mm. and they'll work all week towards, look, keep it structured, keep it structured, keep it structured, and they're, they're hugely disciplined. Yeah, we talked before or last week about that game and thought the kicking game was going to be crucial, <laughs> and that's where Barrett needed to be at his very best because the times the Crusaders have been under pressure is when yeah. there are a lot of contestable kicks to the back three. Remember, they lost bridge before the game as well, yeah. so they had to rejig their own back three. I didn't see evidence of that kicking game. I didn't see evidence that they'd gone into that game, the Hurricanes that is, with a real plan to pin the Crusaders back. You, you cannot allow the Crusaders to dictate terms in a game from anywhere uh, on the opposition side of the 10-metre line. Once they are in that zone, they will attack. And I don't know why teams are so scared of kicking to the Crusaders, genuinely kicking. We've seen the Lions do it to the Crusaders when they beat them on the tour here. We've seen the Waratahs put up high balls, chase hard all day, and I know they've got Izzy Folau to do the job there. But teams just seem not to be capable, New Zealand teams anyway, of pinning this side back. Sometimes they get into a, to a false sense of what, what, what they're actually playing for because that sort of game plan it comes across as a little bit boring. You know, you've got to get down there, but you have to. If you're, if you're prepared to actually nut it out and be patient and find some nice holes and then sort of almost – Turn that um, that pressure over to the to the Crusaders, and not not hope, but really apply that sort of um, <clears throat> mentality into that game and, and pressure mm. them. Then they just for that moment, once they sort of crack, if they do, and they will, but you know that's when you got to pounce on them. But sometimes when you've got so much attacking flair, that game almost becomes sort of oh, it's the willingness to stay in it, right, Wams? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, if we went back probably three or four little shows, boys, I think I did tell you how to beat the Crusaders. Um, and it was exact, exactly that. You've got to put high balls up on the mm. corners and challenge them. And as Millsy said, it's boring, it's hard. So mentally, can the young kids or the this, this generation of rugby players, which we're used to offloads and... Hail Marys and all sorts of amazing things, mm. can they stay in that pattern to keep that relentless pressure over on them, knowing that in the 70th minute, that's my, when it they might, might get that break. break. Or yeah. if they do it the first time, they might concede a try, but keep, keep yeah. at well, that plan. And, so. and here are the numbers. They, the Hurricanes carry for more metres, they make more carries, they throw more passes, uh, and they lose the game. Yeah, if you try to play all the rugby against the Crusaders, they'll find a way to beat you. The other thing about the Crusaders, we were just talking before we uh, got in the studio today, uh, that try, and I can't remember who scored it, was it Harvey's really second try, whatever it was, they defended on their own goal line. So they are two metres away from their own goal line. They win the turnover, they win the penalty, they kick for touch, they win another penalty, they kick for touch, they go 75 metres, then they play the next 25 on advantage and score a try. It's a 100-metre play 
on the back of refereeing decisions. I don't think there is a team in rugby, full stop, that understands how to play a referee like the Crusaders do. And it doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on, whether you think Ben O'Keefe was right to award those penalties. The fact is when they are awarded them, they know exactly how to play it. And we've seen that time and time again, especially under Sam Whitelock's leadership, Millsy. It's impressive to watch them do that. Yeah, they almost, I mean, those are the big turning points. Um, when that sort of happens, they sort of seem to ride that, uh, that wave, don't they? It's kind of like, you know, um, they've just absorbed all the pressure. Whether they, they, they ride the referees' decisions and things on, they just, there's just something that they do to make sure that they just turn that pressure into into points. I mean, you're two metres out from your own line to get consecutive penalties after mm-hmm. penalty after penalty, but then you've still got to execute. Yeah, that's right. Because you know? if you lose that momentum again, all of a sudden it's turned. This Crusaders team doesn't doesn't lose momentum. It's almost like they've, they've taken all, absorbed all that pressure and then the excitement of having that um, turnover or whatever sort of almost gets them up to say, well, okay, now it's our turn to have a real good mm-hmm. track and, and get some points, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're happy to absorb the pressure for long lengths of time without breaking. So they're just happy to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, knowing back in their system. But also knowing the philosophy of rugby is it actually turns. Whether it is a referee, whether it's a freak play, whether it's the opposition just combust, something in the crowd, something. In a game of rugby, momentum always shifts. No one can have the momentum the whole game. Mm-hmm. So it always shifts, and they just wait for that time. And that's that's their discipline, that's their patience, that's the ability the Crusaders have always had. But that comes down to cohesion too, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Because we've seen teams that, you know, the Blues have had suffered from this for a long, long time, and the Hurricanes did. Uh, Blues aren't not... suffering from anything. Well, mate. okay, hang on, we'll get to the Blues in a second. Okay. You don't have to be defender-in-chief. The thing about it is, though, is that once you have those opportunities, once the momentum turns your way, you have to know as 15 guys what you're on about. Yep. Now, some teams have two guys who know what they're on about, or three guys, or four guys, or a forward pack, but not the back line. The Mm -hmm. Crusaders, 1 to 15 on the field at that time, Mm. knew exactly what the plan was. That is the thing that impresses me most. Yeah, and when you know what what the plan is, they almost, I mean, I know what you're saying in terms of they sort of ride the referee, but all of a sudden, it's the pitches they sort of present the the referee Mm -hmm. to be able to show them, okay, this is, we're playing a a positive brand here. We've just absorbed that. Someone might be in his ear. It won't be all of them, it'll be Mm -hmm. one particular person, and, and the way, they actually say, they say them. Yeah, they're not. They're not sort of getting in his face again. You got to do this. Got to do this. Like like we did it in the um, Haguares Chiefs game. Everyone was chipping away. Angus Gardner. And I thought he'd done a fantastic job. But the way they go about, I wouldn't say manipulating the ref, just to show him that picture. Someone in his ear in a in a good way. Um, it it just just continues that momentum. Whereas I think other teams they don't do that. You know, as soon as they they, they turn it over or. You know, win that momentum back. It's all about, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's often rah rah rah. These guys are nice and calm. They're showing really good pitches. And often, and, and it's human nature mm. for a referee to, to ride that wave with them, right? From a, yeah, from a team perspective, being in there, it's so simple. So it's easy to switch. So, you know, from one week to the next week, your game plan is not changing massively. It's all very stock standard. So, it's almost come second nature. And when a game plan is second nature, Millsy, mm-hmm. you don't really think it just happens, actually right? happens. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of what they do is people look and they go, look how complicated it looks. It's actually so damn simple down there that, you know, it, it's just about you and it's about two or three different ty- types of abilities to play and that's us. And just go and do it. 
Because you can't teach a man how to run around someone or beat him, mm-hmm. or you know. So that's that's, nice to do that's, it. that's an awesome. Now it just actually reminds me of a lot of things. You know, when I used to play for the Chiefs, when we were struggling, and man, often there's so many things that goes on in your head. You're like, bam, blah, 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 jeep, as who cares? And then you get to the All Blacks, <laughs> yeah. and it's just you're right. It's just everything's clear. Okay, we've just done this. It's everything. This is the momentum. This is my job. Focus on that. Yep. But these guys are doing it at Super Rugby level, where it's flamboyant and, and whatnot. And sometimes, you know, because of the nature of the way the game's played in Super Rugby, you just think, oh, it's you no know, sort of stuff. They don't have that mentality, no. which is fantastic. The one narrative that came out from an individual point of view after that game was, of course, and it was always going to be Bowden Barrett v. Richie Moanga. Um, where, where do you guys see Bowden Barrett's game at, at the moment? Because there's no doubting his ability, his class as a player. But do you think he's struggling at the moment to put a, a game plan together for the Hurricanes or was it just one of those nights? No, look, I, I just think this is media talk, to be honest with you. I think, you know, you, you're sitting there going, well, what do I talk about? Let's talk about the big headline. He's he's the big act. The the thing he's got, he's got a four plaque that isn't that dominant. He's, he's living off scraps. Him and TJ do extremely well to mm-hmm. even direct them and give them a lot of opportunity, I think. Um, and I, I, it's one of those things. When you're a great, great rugby player, you always expect greatness. Mm-hmm. And week in and week out, year in and year out, you're not always going to get it. You're going to get stock standard. Hence, that gives us these talking points. Then you come back to the other point, because we wouldn't be talking about this if there wasn't a kid by the name of Richie Moanga who sure. has got some the composure like no other kid. He's got the skill set in terms of the kicking game, the accuracy at goal kicking. Then he's got this running ability, and he muscles up in defence. So you sit there and you go, Bowden Barrett, we know how good you are. We know the world knows how good you are. But we've got to talk about this kid because he is good. He is really, really good. So I think that's where the conversation is. I still think um, Bodie's your number one and, and will guide us through in those in those positions with the All Blacks and things like that. But I, I think the time is getting closer where Richie is literally sitting there going, you know, I'm not too far off now, mate. I mean, it's a great conversation to be having mm, when you've got you? two world-class 10s in the country and, and then another who can play 10 and is now starting to really fire at 15 where uh, a lot he, of people he can't, want he, to be. He can't play 10. He can't play 10? He's not a 10. The, th- the thing is with that, I think – At a pinch? No, he's like look what he's doing to the Chiefs. He's gone back to the fullback for the last oh, three weeks. And I agree. Won. I agree. Here's a fifteen. Leave him at fifteen. Don't ruin him because a fifteen and a ten is. And Millsy will know way better than me. I've never played ten. I, I played fifteen a few times, but <laughs> it's a completely different role, isn't it? Not hitting those rucks again, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never hit right. You know what I mean? It's a completely different role. It's a complete yeah. like I'll listen to a ten all day long, but when a fifteen comes in there to do his role, you're like. Mate, that's not – I'm used to just hearing you and you pass it to you, not tell me what to do and all that, just from a forward point of view, a game management point of view. And I think that's the biggest thing. As a 15, you're not game managing. You're people managing. Correct me if I'm wrong, Millsy. Um, you're people managing with defence and attack. With 10, you're game managing. You're looking after those eight morons in front of you going, <laughs> that way, that way, that way. Yeah, but also seeing what's unfolding. I I mean, I agree. I, I think he – I've said it. I mean, I believe he's a fullback, but I – I think deep down inside, DMAC would probably see himself as a 10. I think personally, you know. He does. And and that's where he's perhaps getting a little bit, 
you know, um, what unstuck because but he's got the ability to go back to fullback and just be flamboyant like he is and carve up. The thing is, and when you look at it, okay, the Chiefs, you're similar to what you're saying you took about the um, uh, the Canes. The Chiefs haven't got a steady pack that's always dominant. You don't know what you're going to get. Then you've got relatively inexperienced guys outside, and apart from Anton Leonard Brown, but still, you know, AB, LB, he, he's still you know, relatively inexperienced in that. And so, and we actually know him, he's all about that moment. So, you know, D-Mac perhaps doesn't get that guidance that he needs. Mm. Then you look at a Richie Maunga, okay? Who have you got? Bryn Hall, he's got guys inside him, you know, they're all black captain outside him, Ryan Crotty, you've got, you know, good you all really good talkers and guys that are able to step up in that first receiver role. With, with Damien, he probably hasn't got that confidence to be able to ha- have guys say, so all of a sudden... He's running around like a headless chook trying to organise everything and he hasn't got that game management because he's trying to spark something from everywhere. And that's where, at the moment, for the Chiefs, he's really good for the uh, at fullback because he doesn't need to worry about whether they should kick downfield or organise someone to come you know, out, outside him and run the ball up or inside or, or defend. Um, but I, I just wonder whether he secretly sort of sees himself self as a 10 long-term. Fair play, Millsy. I didn't consider what he thought. <laughs> so, it's one of my weaknesses, not actually considering what that, that person himself thinks. But you're probably right. He probably does consider himself as a ten. Um, does anyone does anyone catch the Crusaders from here? Uh-huh. I mean, do you do you start just piling in now and saying they are the team to beat, given the fact that they turned around what was a pretty awful performance the week before in Sydney and then crushed the other team on the same number of points as them in Wellington? Without doubt, yeah, um, I think so too. Without doubt. Yeah, Kieran Reid, forty minutes. Are we happy? Is it good to see him back? Yeah, it's always. I mean, it's always good to see All Black captain back, and you know, he's he's doing what he needs to do to to time his run to get to get there. Um, you know, it's, it was a solid performance. The first fifteen minutes, he had a lot of energy, and it was mm. he was into it, which was awesome. Um, you know, you don't need to speak about Kieran Reid anymore. You know, you expect, as I said, greatness. You expect greatness every time, and you know, he, he doesn't. He, very rarely doesn't deliver. So great first up plod. Oh, you got to remember last year too, Sumo, when he came back, those f- sort of five games, man, he was physical. Huge. And then we spoke to yeah. him at the awards and he just said for the first time he actually feels really good about his back and injury-free and then like that. So he's not a guy that you worry about coming back and, you know, you know, finding his feet. He'll come back and just bloody go hard from the word mm. go, right? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Let's uh, go to the Blues. 24-9, the final scoreline at Eden Park. Uh, are you okay? It's just poetry. It's just, you could have a little tear for me oh, in it's the just amazing. corner of your eye It's there. just amazing. It's just amazing. I really liked it. I really liked the performance. Yeah. I just thought they actually looked like a team that knew how to shut a game down. And they, that is that is not something you've been able to say about that team. They muscled up, mate. They, they did smashed, muscle up. They smashed the Stormers. They're like, big boys too. Physically, they, they smashed massive. them. So you look at that front row, they're physical. And then yeah. you look at, oh, hold on, who do we bring off the bench? They're physical. <laughs> you've got your second rowers who are charging. You've got a, you've got a, um, a back three yeah. that's starting to work really, really well. I mean, mm-hmm. Akiriwani to me is just getting better and better and better. He is dominating the tackles. What about the Samoan firm of Ioani and Ioani? How many tries is that going to combine for oh, this scary. year? Scary. Was it two oh, on the weekend, wasn't it? Man. I mean, it's yeah. It, they, they obviously uh, 
played together in the backyard, probably more down at Ponsonby Rugby Club, mm-hmm. where all great <laughs> rugby players are, are born. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Um, so, a bought. Oh, yeah. No, oh, wow. <laughs> Good. No, born. Um, so to me, it was, it was one, it was the physical dominance that the Fords showed, and two, it was the discipline that I haven't seen a Blues mm-hmm. team that disciplined, um, even down a man or anything like that. So to me, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. I like the fact that they didn't overplay their hand. Yeah. You know, the Stormers carried 163 times in that game. The Blues just 93 times. But they ran for more metres than the Stormers were able to on their carries. The tackling was still an issue, but the fact is 182 tackles made by the Blues in that game, 25 misses. The Stormers forced to make 92. They missed more. Mm. I mean, that, that to me is starting to show signs of a team that's saying, hey, you don't have to do everything. We don't have to run the ball willy-nilly. We yeah. don't have to throw it around. We don't have to do all of those things. If we just chip away, defend really well, we'll win our turnovers, we'll win our share of ruck ball, and then we can pounce on that. And I just sense that regardless of what happens with the Blues season from here on in, that they have turned a corner, I think. They've turned a mental corner in the slow way down, they approach the game. found a balance. Don't you think they have? Yeah, I just get scared. What? No. You get scared because when we start talking them up, they start reading the press, and then it goes no, no, pear shaped. I'm not. I'm not talking them up because I'm not anointing them as as champions just yet. But what I'm saying is that there are fundamental differences in the way the Blues are winning games at the moment, the way they are playing. And yeah. and anyone who's watched that team over the last ten years would be able to see that, wouldn't they? Well, you're talking about the last ten years. Those stats there that you had just spoken about. It's usually the opposite, right? And the Blues are the ones that lose. They make they make the most meters. They've carried the ball the most. They've um, don't have to make too many tackles, and they've lost the game six hundred times. Yeah, and so we are. I think they've they have turned a corner, and now they've got a little bit of confidence. And what I like about it is, like, um, they haven't sort of played too much. They know they've learned from a little bit as well. There's been execution issues, which has probably helped them now to, to overcome some of that adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just aren't defined um, sort of balance in, balance in their game. And if there was ever a game I, I thought that was going to be dangerous to them, it was after the, you know, the Highlanders game against the Stormers mm-hmm. pack that basically dealt to um, Hurricane. the Hurricanes, okay. albeit you know, they, they lost. But that was a time there for the, for the Stormers to come here and go, we're just going to dominate you and eat you eat you up. Yeah. And the Blues pack absolutely stood up. And so that's where I think, you know, from a physical and, and mental state, because they could easily do have done that. After the Highlanders, okay, we won our first sort of uh, New Zealand derby over since 1,000 days, and then they could have gone off the mark. They've, they've stepped up again another level. Um, in terms of physicality, which I, I, I was really impressed. So I agree with you, Sumo. I think they've turned a corner. And um, long may it continue. Yeah, the Leon McDonald effect, I'd say. Over time, is as we just talked about Crusaders and what they bring, I would say Leon is slowly bringing it and saying to them, hey, you can win games by defending, yeah. by giving, um, you know, Akira, Rico, mm. the likes, the ball twice a game because mm-hmm. you guys are freaks right. mm-hmm. and you'll score two tries. And But if we give it to you twice a game in the right time, you'll score. If we give it to you 15 times, then it's going to be hard for you to score because we're giving it to you at the wrong time. So I would say that the Leon Rangi effect is slowly starting to creep in in terms of that discipline, um, composure and, and you know, hit, not having to play too much. 
Or Teddy Black. Uh, I think he's starting to settle in there. Or Teddy. I think he looks good. His um, his line off Sonny Bill with that offload under the post was a great line. But uh, another guy, you, you look through his individual stats, he only passed the ball 19 times, kicked four times. I mean, it wasn't, he didn't overplay his hand, didn't have to be involved overly in the game. They're not using Otiri Black as your traditional first receiver here. They play a lot off Rudu and they play a lot off their outsides. And, you know, I guess that's that's good for him. But they needed someone to settle into that job. Yeah. And and I think Otiri is showing signs too of being a guy who's slowly becoming accustomed to being the guy guiding that ship. Yeah. That's got to be a positive for the Blues, doesn't yeah. it? I'd say there's healthy competition mm. between him and Plummer. I'd say, I'd say no one's got that jersey. So it's not theirs. Um, I would say Leon would also be thinking who who it really is. Um, but what I would also say is that they're both basically tr- playing the same similar game. So it's easier for the team in terms of you know they're not overplaying their hand. One's not a runner. One's not a kicker. They're both pretty similar players defensively. They they both muscle up and do their mm. role. So I would still say it's still up for debate. But I you know I, I think he is playing. He's playing better um, than he has a few weeks ago. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, I also say, you know, Harry probably cost himself with a few poor decisions, um, the Highlanders, but a competition's healthy. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. I think they've got very good young young tens. Yeah, Harry didn't play too well, um, you know, back end of that Highlanders game. And Otete has come on, but what I like about these two guys because it's such a, it's such a hard position, especially up here, because eh? everyone's expecting expecting you to be like a Carlos, and it, mm-hmm. so it's more mental than anything else. And now you've got guys that are helping out, you know, Offruru, Sunny Bill, Maas there as well. It, it all you almost as a youngster, and this is what I'm seeing about these two guys is they're stepping back and saying, well, we don't need to be that guy that's at the forefront. We don't need to be the star and run the cutter here. Let's just find find some rhythm, find some balance. Don't overplay and let other guys control the game whilst we get our game together and whilst we get our sort of confidence up. So I definitely think it's still open for both of them. Altered mm-hmm. Black though in the last sort of half to, to, to the game that he's just played has, has probably stepped up the the most, which has mm-hmm. um, you know been pretty good. Before we carry on the short ball, Milsey, can you just explain what colour is that? Mm. What colour is that hoodie? Oh, it's an orangey pink, I'd say. Oh, no. Orangey pink. Well, you, said pink was, I you, said orangey. you said pink was pretty good colour, mate, so I'm just rolling out a pink hoodie. It's not a, it's not a colour you see in nature, is it? No. You must be quite confident in yourself. <laughs> oh, this is a present, actually. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, from Joe? From Joe. So, yeah. so I've only worn a few times. So your partner's dressing you. I'm dressing myself. Well, is this kind of like, am I sort of trying to make a statement here? Is that what you're I trying to say? Well, no, I'm just oh, asking. Yeah. I'm genuinely interested. You so, like it, though. So I, I know you do. do you wouldn't do, have asked No, I like the colour on you. It looks good on you. It wouldn't look good on you. It would wash me out. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Even the old arms here wouldn't look too flash on that, would you? No. Have you gone a pink ever before? I've got a pink shirt, but I'd very rarely wear it. How about yourself? Yeah, I've got a pink shirt. I reckon you guys roll it, mate. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pastel kind of guy. Ellie's a pastel man. He likes the light blue. Sky blue brings out his oh, eyes. Sky, hey, sky blue goes with anything, mate. You just, you just, I roll that out. Sky all blue. Time. What about sky blue in the European Cup? What about sky blue? Racing Metro Toulouse. Did you see that game? Well, I know that Toulouse won it. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, they lost. Um, Toulouse lost their fly half in the um, 20th minute. And muscled up, mate. Jerome Kano, Charlie Farmer Wiener. It's it's incredible. Do you, do you know what I like about that? That's Final Four. I was looking through that, and you've you've obviously got Leinster and Munster, and uh, Irish have been pretty good in European Cup mm-hmm. competition over the last few years. But Toulouse and Saracens as well, uh, it's superstar clubs oh, in the Final superstar Four. Superstar. Unreal. Club. And the other thing about it is I looked at that Saracens score over Glasgow. Uh, is it theirs? Uh, is anyone beating Saracens? 50 points they chucked on Glasgow. I know they conceded 27. Defence optional on that one. But no, holy uh, heck, where, where do you go here? I reckon a Toulouse can beat them. Toulouse muscled up, man. And they've got some flair out wide. I reckon they can beat them. Um, Leinster, I mean, Leinster's, they got muscle too. So I, I, it's, it's quite interesting. Those games are won on their muscle. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. And then it just takes a few split decisions to to change it and some space out wide and those guys can oh, it's so good it's just such a good, good so, and it's so different to super isn't it Yeah, because it is, it is like the physicality and like you say it's one on muscle mate that makes a huge difference yeah. hey, over there it's just kind of like it, it's, it's, it just gets everyone up but you want a couple of big muscled up moments and far out it turns the game yeah Do it, I mean is it is it ever going to change the nature of that competition because I, I don't think there's any shortage of flair and exciting moments but no. they, there's so much onus on the packs of all of these teams to get in there and be attritional be combative and grind out the territory in these games mm. probably more so than we, we put on, on super rugby yeah. teams yeah territory is huge in that game and then the other point is that they're still in the realms that if you get a penalty within kicking distance oh you're kicking it you kick it mm. and we're going to accumulate point pressure mm. well we don't have it here it's it's vanished. Our point pressure is through tries. Um, so to me, as long as you keep on that type of theory on how you win point pressure, then forwards are the ones that dominate and you've got to get that um, territory and possession sort of basis. So um, winter plays a big part yeah, in it. Conditions you, eh? Yeah, yeah muscle down. But if you look at that, two of them were played, um, I think two of the games were played on synthetics mm-hmm. um, in the weekend. So... Um, you know, their tracks are not as bad as people think, you know, and they can play running rugby. It's just the emphasis is there on that position state. I just, it's such a good competition, though. The action's yeah, so it. exciting. I, I really do like the, well, the Heineken Cup as it once was called. It's still called the Heineken Cup now, isn't the it? The Heineken Champions Cup. Yeah, Heineken's Champions Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, it's fantastic when you win a championship like that when the sponsor is a. A brewery. Just, <laughs> what sponsor in rugby is not a brewery? I mean, no, but always it's, a beer. it's the headline, the champ, the, <laughs> ah, the, sure. the championship. The, the major. The major sponsors, and you just. 
just so rewarding. We do not endorse binge drinking here on the oh, short ball, but uh, boy, we enjoy it. I, um, I'm glad you brought up Europe uh, because they couldn't get their mitts and neither could Japan on Aaron Smith. He's re-signed until the end of 2021 with New Zealand Rugby, the Highlanders, and ironically with the Turbos. Don't know what he's going to give them, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a nice nod to provincial rugby. Uh, great news yeah. that that uh, the Nugget is, is sticking around. And, you know, I'm not... I don't know. I don't. I don't have the fear factor that some do that we're going to lose all our players overseas. But it's certainly there's always a demand for them, and we all know that this All Black team is is going to lose a lot of firepower at the end of this World Cup cycle. But um, should we be genuinely excited by the fact that that a player of Aaron Smith's caliber has decided to stay? Yeah, and, and his experience, you know, has 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 lent playing in New Zealand rugby, and yet he still aspired to. To do greater things in the jersey, so I mean, I think it's um, it's commendable for him. I also think if we weigh up the reality um, financially, these All Blacks, top All Blacks, are on good money, mm-hmm. and the money overseas is actually not as good sometimes with these top tier All Blacks. So I don't think it's a financial decision anymore. Or it used to be potentially. I think it's more um, an experience. Um, you know, you look at someone like Ryan Crotty, he's sitting there going, well, you know, I, I want to experience something else. I've been in this club, this Crusaders club and the Ball Blacks, but I need to experience something else. And um, I think that's sort of where those decisions are, are coming down to now. And the, the tier below, then it's, I think it's financial decisions. Mm. So. Yeah, I guess that's the tension, isn't it? Your top All Blacks are always going to have a yeah. finite career. They're going to say, hey, look, I've, I've ticked all the boxes I need to tick here. I, I can go off and enjoy some time with family somewhere else. But it is the rung below the Aaron Smiths that I yeah. guess gives uh, New Zealand rugby uh, the most cause for, for a bit of panic and sleep. Yeah, because they're, they're kind of bordering on experience, you know, I mean, a level below. If we lost Aaron Smith. Okay, the level below him, or well, TJ Piranara is there, but um, Tahuriorangi's there as well. It's relatively, you know, pretty scarce in terms of that, that sort of experience, and that's why, you know, New Zealand rugby so keen to keep them on. But I think they've changed a couple of things in terms of their pay over the last few years, mm-hmm. and keeping trying to keep those guys here. I think if you if you miss out, you you still get a percentage of um of the week um that they're in. So. Mm-hmm. That's that's really healthy that the New Zealand rugby have sort of seen that to try and keep these guys here, but it's 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 a pleasing aspect because you don't. I mean, you're right, Wams. It's it's um it is. It's it's a real it's, for the top guys. It becomes more of you know what you're going to get in the hand as opposed to text here, right? Yeah, and then that's that's the difference. So Bloody it's more tax. experience. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask a serious question of both of you. How important was it for you guys in your careers to know that there were guys coming through behind you who wanted to take your jersey? How motivating was that? Or did you not think about that at all? Did you feel like, ah, well, this is my position, I've got this and I'm good enough? Um, for me, I think I went through a real period of um, there wasn't much competition for a wee while. I think a couple of guys just came in at the back end of my, my career. So I, it didn't um, – and we, there was lots changing in the all-black environment, you know, in terms of when I first came in, it was all about competition and, man, I'm not going to help that guy get in there or whatever. I just kind of went about my own sort of business and, you know, I was fairly lucky. But down the later part, it actually got you on, on edge. We actually got to a stage where we all wanted to help out and regardless of whether you started or not, it didn't really it didn't really matter. Um, it just created a real – and I know, you know, that m- might not convince people, but it actually did. 
Mm. Um, and in the end, it, it didn't because the environment was so good like that. It was kind of like, well, you know, if I get a shot, then I get a shot, and if um, I don't, well, I know the best guys getting out there to play. Yeah, it's gonna it sucked, but it was all more generated around making sure we'd won and, and win a rugby world cup because we hadn't up until then. So the focus is a little little bit different for me. But the competition was always good because you knew those guys were nipping at your heels. And it also made you think of how you could change your game, um, the different things that you could try and take on from other guys. I mean, I had Izzy sort of nipping at mine, and in the end he ended up taking it. But there was no way I was going to learn a goose step, right? <laughs> um, not at that end of my bloody career. But I knew if I, if I, if I defended well, um, and I got myself in good position. I had good, you know, um, communication skills and lined everything up. Then perhaps it might have been the little edge that got me over sort of being selected and high balls and things like that. So little we little we subtle things to try and make sure well that when the coaches sat down and discussed Israel Dag and Mills Moore, you know, okay, Mills he hasn't got the goose yet, but you know, he's going to make, you know, um, um, tackles last line of defence. Did you end up sticking your tongue out when you ran as well, just to just to have a bit of Izzy in your game? Yeah, that, no, I mean, that that really was the, his stance, was like, he stick it all tri- out. He, he almost tripped over that thing a couple of times. That tongue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that try in Johannesburg game okay, where he was just that far away from oh, the, the inches on the touchline. Gee, that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I my career went... You know, I always had competition, and I was always basically, yeah, he's good, but he's not the rock star, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I constantly had to better my game, better my game, and there was a new kid on the block and constantly had to do it. Um, and I had to offer different things in the team environment. As Millsy says, it got to a stage where it wasn't about you anymore. You actually just didn't really worry about what your end game was. It was more about how the team went. And then, you know, I, I got to a situation where my, my body just literally failed me, just started failing. And I, I just started getting so wound up internally and mentally, right? M- mentally and distressed yeah. that I can't do what I used to be able to do and I can't train how I used to be able to train. So, you know, for me, instead of the t- 20 minutes extras, which I'd like to do some fitness and do all this sort of stuff, I, I couldn't do that. So I had to do sort of walk activation type of tackles and, just things like that, which eventually started frustrating me. And then I think you get to a point where you're like, mate, <clears throat> um, I can't be that much better. So then you get, then you sort of go, well, okay, what can I do to help everyone? And mm-hmm. so that's when you sort of start going, yeah. Sammy, Brody, all these boys. I said, like, like, this is my, this is my book of knowledge. Go for it, you know. And then they start teaching you things. And you're like, oh, okay. And then, and that's sort of where we, you know, you, it was a theory that you be coached and coach so you can coach and be coached by them and then you know and then the the truth just hits you square between the eyes and you know <laughs> Brody Retallick plays his first game and he goes to his mum 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 I just want to introduce you to someone she goes oh who's this she goes, he goes this is Ali Williams she goes oh I know this guy this is the guy you're going to replace isn't it <laughs> said no bang on she did not first. she said that. said that to you not a word of a lie. And I said, you know what? You're quite right. My time is over here. And uh, it's quite a cool story with me and Brody because when he was 15 or 16, I saw him at, no, it was probably 17 or 18. I saw him at McDonald's at 3 a.m. in the morning in Christchurch. And he came up to me. He says, mate, I'm going to take your jersey one day. And I said, buddy, give me five years and uh, you can have it. And I would say almost five years to the day in Christchurch was when he sort of took my jersey. 
It's a lot not can my ha- jersey. A, a lot can happen at Maccas at 3 a.m. Oh, mate. A lot can happen. Oh, mate, it's, it, was, it was incredible. But So he went in for a Big Mac combo and came out in all black. That's uh, <laughs> not a bad transition, <laughs> eh? It's not, not a bad transition. <laughs> not a tra- he, he hoofed it down too, didn't he? I guarantee he had he a did. big motor on him, old guzzler. But it's a great insight for me because I, I, I just I believe in the strength of New Zealand rugby being those guys pushing the top athletes always yeah. at the heels. Um, a, it gives you guys the perspective who've been in that all black jersey to say, you know, I can mature here and I can help mm. pull them up, mm. almost like put the ladder back down for these guys. But also um, knowing that once you put the ladder back down, they're coming for you. Yeah. Mate, I, I knew that first. When Izzy started playing, Izzy and, and Zachy started playing for um in the NPC. Mm-hmm. When I first seen them, I was like, "Gee, bro, these these guys are coming." Because for a long time there, I didn't have anything. There's, and there's some youngsters coming, and they'll be here very soon. So it was almost it almost gave you a, a sense of well, you know, you've really got to now now your role, and that's why it's so good. I mean, you talk about Aaron Smith, a guy like Aaron Smith staying around. And then you, 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 he feeds that to those guys. I, I, I really, I like, I get on really well with them, and I loved having CJ and and Izzy and that, and and, and Zachy. Like they're really good blokes, and you want to share that sort of stuff. Mm. Having a guy like Aaron Smith stay here to be able to feed that, and then continue. That's why all, all, all black rugby is so great. Mm. And and you talk about the experience and things like that, but that experience sort of made a lot of us stay around for a very long time because, mate, when I when I left. I really struggled. I really struggled with the fact that you weren't really playing for the team anymore and you, you banged heads about certain things that you knew was quite right. And that environment, I mean, the dollars was massive. Everyone used to say, look, that's what, look at your bank account. Look, oh, mate, I looked at it. But it didn't give you that sense of pleasure that, mm-hmm. that being in an all-black environment did. Sure. You know? And so that's, what's, that's the beauty about, um, about New Zealand rugby and sort of what they, what they do and sort of how you pass things on. Mm. And I think the, the other element that comes with it is as a senior player, it comes to a stage where you sit there and you go, okay, the cold hard truth is this guy's better than you, mate. Mm. But you can still offer us a lot during the week and you can offer us a lot off the bench. You have the choice. You either bugger off or you don't fit into this environment. You don't accept your new position, mm-hmm. which is not that starting rock star. It's a hard reality to accept, yeah. right? Or you accept it and you grow and you nurture the team. So, you know, I was... I was there sort of maybe two to three years as that guy that's sort of chilling behind. Like I wasn't at my best. I wasn't the starting. And then you get to someone like Kevy, who we all knew his talent and his ability, but he – the, what he offered and he accepted his yeah, role yeah, was, yeah. hey, mate, I'm, I'm the older guy. I'm not going to start a lot of matches, but I'd love to be on the bench and I'll give you everything during the week. And I'll play my Super Rugby, and I'll hang around for a few weeks. And that is, to me, yeah. that's the summary of great leaders going out in a great, dignant way, rather than those in guys a, in that a just dignified way. Yeah. That's it. And he became so crucial and central yeah. to the culture yeah. of that team. Mm. And that was always the argument for him. You know, he was playing probably eighteen minutes a game at that stage. Yeah. But so fundamental was Kevin Mialamu to setting the tone for the side. That you you had to yep. include them in your squad. Mm, what, yep. I mean, what a great thing to have on your CV. Mm, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, to me, that was the the mark of great great All Blacks that weren't your rock 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 stars, if that makes sense. The ones mm. that hung around for those two or three years, and that's where I, you know, I see someone like an Aaron Smith. I, I he could be your Dan or your Richie and just play great right till the the day they stop. But I still believe that he's a guy that will nurture as well. And he'll he'll 
Coast Jungle guys. Well, it's good to have him here, boys. We're going to wrap up the short ball today with a little look at uh, Round 8 of Super Rugby coming your way this weekend on Rugby Pass Highlanders v the Hurricanes. Uh, two sides um, that only met, what, a few weeks ago mm. um, where the Highlanders... Uh, Isn't it Caketon? No. No, this is at Forsyth Bar. They haven't lost out for a long for a while. They're yeah. supposed to play the Crusaders in that game that got right. cancelled. So. so it's the first time at home in a long time. Yeah. They had a bye week and then uh, so what are we talking? Only three weeks between games between So I'm going the Highlanders. Yeah, I, I the Highlanders need this. Massively. They need this big time, right? I just there's something about them. There's the games that we've used to seeing them get at the death, they're, they're not, not getting. They're not yet at the moment. That's what I'm seeing too, yeah. It's and the Hurricanes ran them down in that first fixture of the season. Dane Coles, who refused to be subbed. What about that? <laughs> Goes eighty minutes, Dane Coles. Um, I'm with you. I think the Hinders are pretty rested. You know, they've had that week off when they were supposed to play the Crusaders. They've had a bye week. They're uh, they've got to be fully charged and ready to go. I don't know. Is it is it counterproductive to have so long off? During a season, I'm not sure in terms of actually playing footy. Well, it almost gives them a sense of well, let's let's regroup and restart. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, it hasn't gone right the last couple of weeks, and we've had a bye also as well. But man, I, I'm, I'm those. I mean, even that Hurricanes game they played in, in Wellington, I turned it off with about twenty because I was oh yeah, the Highlanders are gonna they're gonna come, you know, well they're gonna win, and they ended up losing the last sort of couple of minutes. So the Highlanders, I think they, I think they'll win this. They'll need it big time. They do need it big time. We move to the Blues and the Tars. Waratahs getting done by the Sunwolves. Jeez, I love that. And not because I don't like the Waratahs. Just get, the, the Sunwolves Sun have gone full rogue now. They <laughs> yeah, have they literally are. just said, we are a travelling gypsy band of club players. <laughs> yeah. Let's go out there. After the game, they didn't even go back to the hotel. Get this with the Sunwolves. They decided we'll take a chilli bin down to the beach and uh, we'll have a beer on the beach. <laughs> oh, How that's good. That's magic. Who's How coach? good. Who coaches the Sunwolves? So Corey Brown's involved, Tony yep. Brown's involved, Marty Veal's involved, oh, um, and uh, and Scotty Hansen's involved. Beautiful. How good? Great. Yeah, I'd say the this is a way, isn't it? The Blues are at yeah. home. Yeah, Garden of Eden, you can't beat it. I'd say the Blues. You gonna pick the Blues here? Yeah. The, I think this twelve and under. The Blues twelve and under. I think this would be huge. No, yeah, the I, think, I think it's over. Team. I think it's the the Blues. The Blues will win thirteen plus. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wee. Really? Shep, 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 shep. You come back with confidence. You're going to lose your Chiefs Munna badge here. No, nah, I'm not losing Chiefs Munna. Two in a row, mate. No, come on, Chiefs mate. We haven't even touched on the Chiefs. Overseas, come on, the Munna. Finally, the Crusaders taking on the Brumbies from a New Zealand point of view. Brumbies had a buy as well last weekend. Uh, I can't see the... The red and black machine getting troubled too much at home. First time at home since nah. uh, those <clears throat> terrible events. Crusaders will smash them. Smash them. Smash them. Probably have been a mixed bag, eh, this year, eh, so far. I thought they were the goods at round one, but. <laughs> it's exciting, boys. It is all very, very exciting. You want to go to work, don't you? I need, need to, to go to work. work. <laughs> I need to go to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting next to a guy with a pink shirt on and t shirt. Hoodie. Hoodie. But you've done some serviette origami for this <laughs> you whole like that, pod, eh? I do, actually. Yeah. You've made, what have you made there? A little boat? Yeah, well, well I don't know. Hat. It was more like, yeah, it was, I don't know. It's nice. Well, it's a good multi There's a little boat, me. mate. Yeah, it's a little boat. It's great to have you back too, mate. I'll put the diary note in your calendar. Mm. Can we do that? Can we yeah, sit yeah, there, um, please, boys? Yeah. I mean, so, can you just explain to me why you need well, a diary note? Well, I'm not a media we- tycoon like you guys. Like, I don't <laughs> live and die by this please. stuff. Like, you please. guys do it all day, every please. day. You talk rubbish. I'm actually, you know, on the, when you were playing, did a, you need a did you need a uh, a diary invite to to get to bloody training? Mate, I had a manager. <laughs> 
team manager told me you've got to be on the bus. All we had to do was be on the bus. Yeah, but hang on. So, time, so on the the when the team manager told you you've got to be on the bus at this time, did you say, hey, can you just send that through to me? No, as we had the sheet. Don't no, you remember? You're we one of those guys, eh? When the manager puts it down in the team room and on, on top of the, in the white you, whiteboard, you're like, nah, everyone's got to have a sheet. Send that up to my room. You're one of those guys, eh? <laughs> no, you had to. You had you're your, one you of had those your, You had your sheet, and it was like, you know, <laughs> Tuesday, 9.33, be on the bus. Did you, know. you make origami yeah. with your sheet? Um, no, normally I had a young roommate. <clears throat> Mate, tell me where I have to be. I'll give. <laughs> we're getting to the we're getting to the crux of it now. So who do I need to tell to tell just you? Just put it. You know be? those calendar invitations. No, I've got no idea. Just invite people, and you can go from there. Okay. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, you should do what, that. What time should we do next week? I don't know. We'll discuss that after we've finished here. We'll let the see. We'll this is what I'm working go. with. He's, Guys, which hey, well, we're the only ones that always turn up. We're here. <laughs> oh, we find that funny, do we? In the, in the bleachers. <laughs> Tina knows. Tina knows. Yeah, <laughs> it's been the short ball for another week. Great to have you with us. Sally Williams, Mills, Molina, Scotty Stevenson will join you next week. Enjoy the Super Rugby this weekend and everything else besides. Cheers. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.